Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for tuning in. All right. All of the party details. Saturday, May 4th, doors at 8 p.m. Viewing at 9.30 p.m. Raffle at 10.30 p.m. Live music all night long. Yes. It's happening at 77th floor, which is on the West End. And it's a super new cool location it's called the watson arts hub we're really excited to be the first people in there yeah come see it if you're looking for studio rehearsal space it's like super affordable gorgeous big new clean ground level you can walk in walk out you don't have to go through crazy hallways and schools and studios and other places um the gentleman organizing it tal is lovely to deal with yeah he's been great we're going to let you know all of our raffle prizes that we have confirmed so far. Soul Cycle. Bar 3. Montecito. Ponytail Mail. In Soft Focus. Local Laundry. The Queen and Beaver. High Society Cabaret. Uh, thank you to all those sponsors. We have some really sick raffle prizes, you guys. Like, to be honest, it's probably around $500 when I was doing the math today. So come in, come check it all out. Yep. Um, I don't think we've posted this on our social media, but we will. Everything is cash only. Yes. We don't have a machine. We don't really know where the closest one is because the space is brand new. No one really has had access to it. But it's going to be great. Just bring your cash. If you need to find an ATM, I'm sure we can... I'm sure there'll be one nearby for you to Google Maps. Yep. <laughs> great. Uh, this week we have... Eleanor Bull. She is a musician, lead singer of her own band. Uh, she's a good friend of mine. And she's really lovely. Let's get going. Here we go. Um, sorry. So you have vocal nodes. I got really sick and thought it was bronchitis for like a month, but kept teaching, kept singing, kept doing gigs, um, and was like noticing that I couldn't like get my full range at all. And I felt really limited and frustrated. And then um, someone in my band was like, you probably have vocal nodes. Like, you should figure that out. So I did. And <laughs> I, and I definitely had the beginning of them, mm-hmm. which was like feeling raspy in the morning, mm-hmm. feeling really dry in my throat. Um feeling like I wanted to like yell, but could not yell at all. Um, and when I sing, I'm pretty like balls to the walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like not able to do that. Um, so I stopped drinking coffee. I stopped drinking booze and I'm still like pretty off of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No pot, no, mm-hmm. no cigarettes. Um, you stopped smoking. Yeah, I've been like full. Did you cold turkey it? Cold turkey. Wow. Um, so people can just do it. I think it was because I was like, okay, if I don't deal with what's going on in my voice, and like I am more of a social smoker anyway, mm-hmm. but if I don't deal with it, and it's probably good for me not to anyway, like I hear <laughs> it's really bad for you. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I just kind of stopped doing all of them. And it's so much easier not to be like smoking weed or cigarettes if you're not drinking anyway. Right. But coffee was brutal. I like really had a tough time with coffee. I 
have had so much tea in the last like three mm. months. It's just not the same. It's not the same. It's just not the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to see tea for a long time when I'm done with this. It's just fucking dirty water, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. But like, you get into this place where you start tricking yourself. You're like, oh, a nice, a nice cup of tea would be so great right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not coffee. It's not coffee. The only time I ever want tea is when I'm sick. Yeah. That's it. So, like, you kind of train yourself to believe... Like, I trained myself to be like, you're sick, you need tea. (laughs) Your voice is sick, go get some tea. (laughs) Yeah. How do you... uh, Are you, like, physically diagnosed by a doctor for nodes, or... You can be. Do they, like, Um, look in, like, your mouth? I think that, yeah, there's, like, ear, nose, and throat specialists who do that kind of thing. An EMT? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. ENT, ENT, ENT. Yeah, it's throat. an ENT. I nose throat. Yeah, <laughs> eyes, ears, whatever face. I was, I was like head, shoulders, knees. <laughs> yeah. They also yeah. do the same ones that do like tonsil removal. They do uh, tonsils. Okay. They okay. do like if you have like inner ear vertigo stuff, they'll mm-hmm. look at that. Sinuses. Mm-hmm. I didn't <clears> go see one of those though. Um, if they're, I mean. They're hard to get into because there's, like, not as many, and they're specialists. They're specialists. Uh, You have to get, like, referred by your family doctor. mm. I don't have time. Yeah. Like, I don't have time. So I'm treating it like it's been diagnosed, even though it hasn't Mm. officially been diagnosed. I mean, like, WebMD tells me that. And when had WebMD ever been ever wrong? Been wrong. Right. 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 Like, it also said it could be cancer, but... Of course. <laughs> You're treating it like it's vocal nodes because yeah. that's manageable. Yeah. <laughs> you can literally pick any symptom ever and put it on WebMD and it's like, alternative, cancer! cancer. It's like you might have this really low form of whatever it is, but it could also be cancer or something more serious. And you should go see a doctor about that. <laughs> Fuck you, Definitely. <laughs> so we're going with nodes for now. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, like I've I've been taking care of it, and I have been seeing an acupuncturist mm. um, who like needles my throat, uh, which is a little terrifying. Like, having needles in your throat is sort of weird, mm. but it's made a huge difference. And like in the last two or three weeks. I have noticed a huge change um, in my, just in my strength, like, of being able to talk for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't notice my voice fatiguing as much, mm. which is good. But then I'm also like, does that mean I can drink beers again? Right. And if so, will that fuck it up all over again? Right. We'll see. I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. Are you like, so you still have to go to the doctor and get referred to that? Yeah. I think if it gets, because it's getting better, right. I haven't felt the need to follow up right. and be like, Hey, is this actually a serious problem? I know that if you don't manage it, it can have really lasting impact on mm-hmm. your, on your voice. Right. And I definitely don't want that because all of my jobs are vocal related Right. Like, yeah, being in a band and then teaching on the side. So that can't happen. (laughs) Right. Right. You've already had to give up some of your teaching. Yeah. Um, 
I find that teaching young kids is <laughs> really hard to manage my volume because I have to yell at them all the time, you know? Right. I have to, like, organize them and tell them to shut up. And I love them a lot, but um, it was really taking a toll. So I gave up my youngest classes right. to, like, deal with this really fun issue. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you finding the like physical rest as well as the vocal rest helpful? Yeah. I also started like resting. My voice was a big thing. I also started working really hard to get the rest of my body in like, I'm really active, but better physical shape. Mm -hmm. Like I pride myself on being an active person, but I don't like to run and I don't like who likes to run, but nobody does. Um, Everyone's lying to themselves. Yes. <laughs> it's awful. They're all like, yeah, I know what runner's high is. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, I've never felt that. <laughs> it's like killing. Like, it's like, what? It's like literally like running is every single step you take. You're just dying a little bit more. <laughs> and that's that. like what it is. You're out of breath. You're feeling exhausted. And like no part of that sounds good to me. Like I'm going to die at some point. Yeah. I don't need to do it on a daily basis. <laughs> on my run, on yes. my morning run. Yeah. No, I started because I hate running. I started swimming and mm. just trying to like do something. I find in the pool, I can kind of let my mind wander. You don't feel yourself sweating, which is great. I hate sweating. What? Mm. I don't know. I just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel good afterwards. I'm like, yeah, I sweated today. <laughs> I worked hard. But no, being in the pool is a lot easier for me. Mm. Um, I like I like swimming a lot. And just taking care of the physical side of my mm-hmm. uh, body, getting into really good shape so that I can like support my voice healing. I think it's really important too. It'd be interesting to see what the research is on um, singers that swim versus swingers that are outside or like above, above sea level, (laughs) above water level. Because I bet you that swimming because you're not, (sighs) and it's not constantly, you know, kind of exhausting or moving that part of your throat. I wonder if it's just less. I mean, like I get puffy when I swim. I still get like pretty puffed up. I breathe hard when I swim, but But I'm still sitting in like a, in like a water. Yeah. I feel like it's more soothing on the outside at least. Like I'm not, um, I'm not like panting the same way I am if I'm like trying to run on a treadmill. Um, also running on a treadmill is the worst. Running on a treadmill is the worst. People that do it, I'm like, you're just not, all the effort you're putting in isn't going anywhere. Where's the destination? (laughs) Like, (laughs) all bad so running on this machine towards nothing <laughs> <laughs> never ending yeah yeah so i'm doing all of this shit to get better get better mm-hmm. well right. while still going but still going all the way out to hamilton to teach yeah i go out to hamilton i teach um that's actually not so bad. Like I drive out there, I teach. Oh, you have a car. I have a car, mm. which is key. Yeah. I took the bus. I took the bus out there for like two years, and honestly, that wasn't so bad either. You can like watch Netflix while you ride the bus. Mm-hmm. It just took a little longer. Like when I drive, I'm home like an hour earlier. Right, right. which is great. Um, I keep my I keep teaching my classes out there because it pays well. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't yeah. mind going, like, it wouldn't be bad if it was, like, every Saturday you're there. Or, like, out of the city, right? Like, yeah. during Saturdays, if you're yeah. there from, like, 10 in the morning until, like... Three or four. Depending yeah. on your Friday night, like, even teaching, right. on, teaching on Saturday morning is tough for, for me being a musician because I, like, Friday night is a huge night for, for music, and then I have to wake up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I find, like, Saturday morning teaching is fulfilling but difficult. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. even because I'm out on Friday night, like, drinking and partying, more just because I'm out and... I get home late and I'm tired the mm-hmm. next day. But yeah, Hamilton, yeah, it's exhausting. Hamilton is exhausting just because you have to drive back and forth. Right. Twice a week. And I mean, it, pay, it pays better than all my other jobs, so that's why I keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Isn't that like frustrating? Do you mm-hmm. notice a difference in the kids that are out there? I love my students out in in Hamilton. I teach adults out there too. And I love adults. I love teaching dance to adults. Um, Mm -hmm. I can just be a little bit more, I don't have to have quite as much of a filter. Right. When I teach adults, you can be a little more upfront. It's a (laughs) lot of fun. I'm very excited. I'm teaching for the York university. Mm -hmm. They do dance for non-majors. So it's like kind of like rocks for jocks or like, (laughs) but the class has, like, grown so much over the past year. Like, last year there was two Dance for Non-Major courses during the spring, and this spring there's six classes. Holy shit. And each class has 40 students in it. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. So I have 40 kids that I'm teaching in, like, an, in a graduate level or an undergraduate level um, course. Do you struggle? I, that's, like, that's so many. I have a hard time when it's, like, over 20. When they told us, I mean, we just found out on Tuesday when we were meeting, but... It's that's 240 kids, like in a spring semester course. Like that's that's crazy bonkers. And it's so three hours Tuesdays and Thursdays. Wow, all the way up at York. Well, I've been going up there all year. It's okay, mm-hmm. but um, I'm like that's a trek. Even <laughs> I work in Hamilton. I'm like York is a trek. It is <laughs> it totally is. But yeah, I'm in, I'm excited to teach like adult people who are like there for a reason who are like there there, for credit yeah (laughs) Yeah. but they also are there for their own satisfaction it's so it's so fun to teach people I mean like a lot of kids are there for because they want to be there but a lot of kids are also there because their parents signed them up adults are doing it because they want to Uh yeah totally it's and it's more fun to teach people that genuinely want to be there Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah love that do you notice that I noticed between the two different studios that I teach that one group of students wants to be there, and so I enjoy teaching them there more, mm-hmm. and then the other group of students maybe has, like, a different attitude. Yeah. I, uh, and it's harder for me to teach that other group. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Yeah, my students, I, I also find that that ebbs and flows in each class like totally you'll have a group of kids who 90% want to be there and 10% really don't Mm -hmm. even just day to day that can oh yeah they're kids yeah even me yeah me too day to day I don't know I find (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I like before every class I'm like I really don't want to teach today and then I get in and it's fine yeah 
I find myself saying that more than I want to. Like, yeah. oh, I really don't want to teach today. I Every say it on one specific day of one teaching, specific, yeah. I'm always like, mm, not today. Not today. <laughs> yeah, yeah but today. Just, you know what? It is always the same day. Yeah. yeah. Always. So, I really, I could be doing... I could be sleeping. sleeping. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do the math on how, what I could be doing in that time. Oh, yeah. That four-hour period. Multiple, multiple times. <laughs> I uh, I like to think about how if I was paid for like the time for my Hamilton job, like if I was paid for the time it took out of my day to get there. I've also done the breakdown of how much I'm making an hour if I include my travel time. That's not a fun thing to think. No, because then all of a sudden you're like, shit, (laughs) I'm not making that much money. And where is this time going? In the car, to the radio. See, that's the thing. I don't know if I would want... What I like about, I mean, the commute, we match that York thing and like the commute to places, at least I can like literally be doing work the whole time. Yeah. If you're in like a steady, like I don't do work on like the East West on line two, but as soon as I get on line one and I have like, I know I have 40 minutes from this station to this station, I can read or yeah. I can do like work. It's like if, they're, if you're in like a stress, in a stress, wow, sorry, if you're in a stressful transit situation and you can't do work, it's it's like shitty. Mm-hmm. Or if you're driving, it'd be shitty. So yeah, it's know. the downside of the downside of driving is that I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I can only be like sitting in traffic, thinking about how I could be doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Taking the bus is nice because I can send emails. I can book like I can book gigs. Yeah, I can talk with my manager. Yeah. I mean, but then driving, I'm there sooner and I'm mm. home sooner. So I'm like, I don't know. Toss up. No. Yeah. For sure. Mm. It's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. I feel like there is a bit of a correlation, though, in like rounding troops at a bar when you're playing a gig and rounding children at 10 a.m. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I love that. Listen. That's how I feel when I sometimes have been told by my bandmates that I'll talk to the crowd like I'm teaching them, which is hilarious for me. But yeah, I, I, um, I think it helps a little bit being a teacher, understanding that he, like, I'm not going to have everyone's attention, even though I strongly want all of their (laughs) attention. (laughs) Yeah. Like, are you listening? No. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. On. I guess I just keep going. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it definitely builds a strong outer skin to like understand that kids are a lot like drunk people at a bar. You're not going to get all of them to like you. You're not, no filter. No filter. You're not going to get all of them to stop heckling you. Like kids will heckle you. <sighs> so will drunk people listening to my music, which is yeah. <laughs> absolutely crazy. We had a guy at one show who was... He was dead set on just being a complete asshole. Every song that we would play, he'd be like, oh, are you going to play another one just like that one? Well, like, actually... What? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I am. Like, this isn't my album. This is like, this it's, is what I it do. goes together. <laughs> yeah. At the time we were doing, like, my band is not super country, but we, every now and then, we'll, like, throw a country night Um, We'll play like a bunch of country covers at the Cameron House um, 
We used to like do more of that mm-hmm. before we released these new songs, which are like a totally not country vibe. Mm-hmm. We used to do a lot of residencies at the Cameron House, and this guy showed up at one of them. We were playing a lot of country songs, and he was just like dead set. The Cameron House is a classic bar for hearing roots music. Like mm-hmm. you go there, you're gonna hear country music. Yeah, right. not like not like new country music, but good. Yeah, and not even always country. Just roots. It's got a really strong blues, folky. Yeah, yeah. blues. Folk, lots of Friday night cover bands. Right. Um, it's my favorite. It's my favorite place in the world. And when we play there, we fit right in with those those vibes of mm-hmm. like country classics and rock and roll. And um, this guy in the crowd was maybe not sure where he was. He was like, "Are you gonna play another fucking country song?" It's like, yeah, dude. Do you know where you are today? Like, yeah, this is a country bar. Yeah. Oh my god, it's a lot like kids that are really dumb who are like, "Do we have to do that exercise again?" Yes. Do you know where you are? You're in a ballet class. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna do things a lot of times again. Yeah. <laughs> Get it together. Yeah. Oh yeah. And because you're sass, we're gonna do it again right now. Right now. I'm also <laughs> so over the question. We never do this. Yeah. It's because we learn new things every day. Yeah. <sighs> Collective side. Uh, working with kids. We're doing it with now. People. Yeah. We're, doing uh, it. we're doing it now. And if you want to complain, we'll do a plank. Yeah. Uh, and that's how we work here. Sometimes it's like so comical how just like out of touch they are though. You know? Like people they're just are kids. Children. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and by out of touch, Both. I mean like, okay, you guys got to stand over there. Okay, you got to stand over there. I like go to turn my music around and I turn around and she's like right there. She's like, so Miss Rainy today, this happened. I'm like, what? You are supposed to be glued to your spot. Karen. <laughs> <laughs> also, aren't all Karens just immediately 40? Yes. <laughs> that little girl is actually 40. She has a lot of questions. That was a made-up name, but yeah. <laughs> she's trying not to out us. She's going to end child. up in HR for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, kids uh, kids that don't do what they're told bother me a lot. And I was that kid, so... That didn't do what you're told. Did not do what I was. I had a lot of attention span issues, so I was, mm-hmm. I was Karen. Like, go stand over there, and then I'm like, do you know what I'm doing after this today? <laughs> do you know what I'm going to do right after... Because his birthday party I'm going to. I'm going to a sleepover today at my friend Maddie's house. And my teacher's like, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Cool. 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 The run, the long run on sentences are what always get me. Sorry, we can stop talking about kids after this. But like, (laughs) it's just like, and you like are kind of trying to find a spot to break in the conversation. Be like, great. And next. And I think they can sense that. And that's why they just keep going. And they like hurdle over their own words too. They're like, I just. I need to figure out a better way to say this, so I'm just going to keep going. But, like, sometimes I'm like... It's been a few minutes. It's been a bit, and no one has said anything else, and I don't think you've breathed. <laughs> the rest of the kids are all, like, twiddling their thumbs, like, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I like it when they sass each other. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh. Definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kids and drunk people. Kids the same. People. Same. <laughs> Yeah, how many drunk friends have you been like, could you shut up now? I love you, but you've been rambling for a while. Right. Or just the random crying. Yeah, the random crying. 
It's rough. I've done that too. Oh yeah. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I just can't handle my emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do you play any instruments? You just sing. Yes. You just sing. Sorry, you sing. <laughs> I sing. Yeah. That's my main instrument. Yeah. <clears throat> this guy here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started playing guitar. I picked up a guitar when I got. I was dancing in, in Seattle and. I injured my knee, so I was off after surgery. Mm-hmm. And my dad had this disgusting, adorable little Yamaha acoustic. And I was like, I'm going to, I have nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. I was so bored. And I picked it up um, and decided I was going to learn how to play guitar. So I did. And then I didn't stop. Mm-hmm. I just kept going. So I sing, but I also play mm-hmm. uh, guitar in my band. And And self-taught? Self-taught. When I met my guitar player, he was, like, pretty helpful Mm -hmm. in definitely, like, I know basic chords, but there's there's a bunch of different variations on how to play them along Mm -hmm. the fret, Mm -hmm. uh, along the frets. And he really helped me to understand, like, very basic theory. Like, I'm not a music Mm -hmm student I'm not educated but I can work way like my way around a guitar like a little bit (laughs) (laughs) I um I decided I was gonna go like go electric (laughs) last year um and I decided I wasn't gonna do that until I until I felt really comfortable holding down uh holding down the rhythm Mm -hmm. so I asked my band if I was like ready. They were like, it doesn't really matter. We'll we'll figure it out. Finally did. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I'm still learning how to put chords together. And I mean, it's kind of an ongoing process. It's an all art and Mm -hmm. ongoing process. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Throw that cheesy line in there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't you say that? We're always learning. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Um, How old were you when you were injured? I was 19. And you were dancing at a school in Seattle? No, I had... uh, So I had left Toronto to go dance with Pacific Northwest Ballet. And I was in there, kind of like a Mm post-secondary scenario. Yeah. They call it their... PD program and it's a little bit like an apprenticeship mm-hmm. so like not paid yeah um well you're dancing as if you're a company member you're training as if yeah. you're a company member. you're in rehearsals with the company you're doing shows with the company you're basically a company member without being, being paid mm-hmm. which is you're like paying a little them. bit like being a musician <laughs> yeah <Right. laughs> i'm doing all the work but like no one's paying me yeah <laughs> yes um that's like a constant theme in my life I think (laughs) yeah so I was I was dancing in Seattle and I tore um I tore the cartilage in my knee my meniscus and it's not like a career-ending injury no like it's a it's a very common uh dance injury to tear that part of your knee it's a very simple surgery I was just a little bit ready to move on mm-hmm. from dance. I was like a little bit disenamored. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I was tired of, I love ballet. Like 
I will always love it, but I was really tired of doing what other people were telling me to do. I was really tired of being told that I wasn't getting parts or that I was like not good enough for things, that I needed to improve my body. Mm-hmm. I was just like a little bit tired of working my ass off mm-hmm. and then like not getting a job. Uh, and then I found, I found like that with music, which I never expected to go into to the point that I'm in it now, but I found that it was like a really nice release to just strum chords and, and play along with songs that I, I loved. And I would like write my own really shitty little ditties um, for just me. And it was really nice to have that space. And then I moved back here to Toronto and met my, my now guitar player. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we should probably start a project together. Like you have a nice voice. You clearly don't know. He didn't say this, but he was <laughs> like, you clearly don't know what you're doing. <laughs> we started writing together and a lot of my writing style developed through working with him. So we've been working together as like songwriting partners for like seven years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, And I like really improved. Yeah. (laughs) Really really improved. (laughs) A little bit. Um, So there was like a, was there like a sense of relief when you hurt yourself or were you upset at the beginning and then? I don't even remember. Honestly, I feel like I was a little bit naive. Mm. I was like, oh, it's just an injury. I'll get back. I was a little bit, um, thinking to myself that it would be easy to just pick up and like continue. Mm. And I was kind of a little aimless. Like when I was 19, I was living in Seattle, but I kind of didn't really have an image of what or where I was going to end up dancing. I had this sort of just like go with the flow. Oh, I'll do this until it's not time to do this anymore. And when I injured my knee, I was kind of like, oh, well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Which is a weird Reaction. reaction. I think that reaction is why I'm not a professional dancer. Yeah. Now. It like that informed you right. yeah. that it wasn't what you... It's like yeah. nonchalance. I was... I mean, I busted my ass to get back in shape. Like, I was in physio. I was um, doing my rehabilitation at National Ballet School of Canada where I trained. Mm-hmm. So I, like, had come back here to get better. And... I found myself like more involved in hanging out with friends and going to see music, um, going to shows. Um, but like also I was 19, mm-hmm. right? So I think I was just tired. When I was in school to train for being a ballet dancer, I didn't party. I didn't drink. No. I, my whole world was ballet. So I think when I was 19 and I got injured was the first time where I was like, exploring this other side of of mm-hmm. I don't know being a kid right yeah 
a little bit of a little bit of freedom, a little bit of freedom. Yeah. And then I discovered that I really, really like freedom, <laughs> <laughs> and that the ballet world is amazing and has a lot of incredible aspects that are not for me. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't like the regimentedness. Regimentedness. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Of um, <laughs> of the ballet life. Um, I have dear friends that are in the company who are really good at waking up, going to company class, rehearsing all week, and then doing shows all weekend and having one day off. And I can't live that life. Mm -hmm. I really needed to be out in the world and seeing other forms of art. Right. Yeah, music was the one that kind of like hit me in the gut. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah, when I get asked about, like, from, like, younger students or people that are moving on from, like, grade 12 or whatever, and they say, like, I have this one thing, but I also want to do dance or I also want to do this, mm-hmm. and, like, you don't have to take my advice. But, like, <laughs> also I'm always, like, if you have two options between this and that, dance in this and you're thinking exploring this other one mm-hmm. and you're this is a hard decision for you then that's obviously like what you want to do I'm like don't do it if you don't if mm-hmm. you're not full in because like it's like for fucking sure. hard and like you can do oh, this yeah. and like do also this later on if you want to come back to it but like mm-hmm. I'm like yes. if you're not full on right already at like 18 then like go do something go else do something and if else. you yeah, yeah. I also feel like with young ballet dancers, especially the ones who are super serious about it. They like go up through the schools. They go up through the schools. They do all of their things. I feel like those are the kids where I want to tell them, like, I was that way. That's Mm -hmm. what I was. And I think it really did a number on me to not have outside things, whatever your thing, whatever it is. Like you should have hobbies, not that you shouldn't be focused on one or the other, Mm -hmm. but like, please enjoy some other things. Yeah. Like go to the movies, get into photography, get into weird niche bands. Yeah. Yeah. Doing only one thing really limits you. And I think it drives you insane. Drives you insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Drove me insane. I felt like I just ate and slept and lived ballet for like 20 years and I was like I need a break Mm, I gotta get out yeah I gotta get out but yeah your point is I think super valid especially Mm -hmm. when they're like 18 and they're trying to figure themselves out also -hmm. trying to like decide what the rest of your life should be at 18 is like oh for fucking well yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. have fun with that one (laughs) wipe my hands clean of that crazy Get back to me in five years, honey. Like, yeah. Point your end. I feel like I'm still, I am still figuring my shit out. Yeah. Yeah. In my like mid to late 20s. <laughs> right. I'm like, so if like this music thing takes off, like I could get really famous, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll be my thing. Yeah. <laughs> still in the back of your mind. You say it as a joke, but it's there. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> There's still time for me, right? Yeah. <laughs> if not, I'll just teach little ballerinas. It'll be fine. It'll be great. 
Yeah. But you'll move out to Hamilton. Yeah, I'll move out to Hamilton for them. <laughs> Honestly, Hamilton's cheaper than it is here. I'm ready. And you probably get a bigger place. Probably a bigger place. Yeah. It's actually quite quaint. Okay. It's small. Yeah. It's, it's like, I feel Toronto people are like, oh yeah, Hamilton's the new it place to be. Right. If you're too poor to live here, <laughs> like yeah. Hamilton's the place to go. I work there. Let me tell you, love Hamilton. Hamilton's little. Hamilton's. It's small. It's small. It's cute in some places. It's also a shit show in most places in Hamilton. Mm. But I mean, it's I've, it's cheaper than Toronto. It's got a pretty great music scene. Like, there's a bunch of cool musicians out in out in Hamilton. Right. The ballet is pretty good. My kids there are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the new arts hub. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to be like the junction was the up and coming place. Now it's all the way, like we're going farther, farther. Right. Yeah. Gentrifying. Also London. We actually I think we talked about this before, but like how London, I think like years ago was like the up and coming place. People were moving out there. London is far. Yeah. London, I know. I feel like it's a really common instance, though, where people, they get either, like, fed up with the city, they're want very, kids. they want kids, they're, like, tired of grinding so much, and they just want a little bit more space, they want to be able to do what they mm-hmm. want to do, and, like... Like a two-bedroom for, like, <laughs> 1500 sounds yeah. Also, great. you can get on the fucking GO train and get to Toronto in, like, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's really, it's mm-hmm. pretty quick, it's... It takes me 40 minutes to get from here to Roundsville. Yeah. It's, <laughs> exactly. I feel like Hamilton, you hop on the bus, as long as you're not doing it in rush hour, it's so quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so quick. But um, it's, uh, it's for me, it's kind of like if I'm going to live somewhere that's not Toronto, because Toronto is a hub, like mm-hmm. all, all the people you want to know in the industry is here. Is here. Yeah. So if I'm not here, I'm going to go live somewhere not in like Hamilton. I'm just gonna go out to the boonies right. and like live on a little. I mean, like a farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should meet our friends Paul and Lisa. Do they have a farm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In like the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's um, what I mean. Like up past Orangeville. Yeah. They like that. build a studio in their home. They record and they make music with people with that they want to when they want to. Yeah. And they live out there and have a farm and have three cats. Right. See, that's, that's yeah. the, that's the life. <laughs> that being said though, like I, I'm, I want to be able to live like that be like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just go off to the country. I'll live like that. I'll live a quaint, quiet life. Give me, give me 24 hours. I will be ready to be back downtown Toronto. Say, if I had to be alone with Lucas for that long, I'd kill him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got like, By the way, if anyone, ever, if Lucas ever goes missing, please do not quote this officer. But like, if I had to like spend that much time alone with Lucas by myself, I would just like, I think I would lose my fucking mind. You just, I need the, I need the like city stimulation. I need the people walking mm-hmm. by. I need... Yeah, I I would drive my. I'm not even worried about any like partners or roommate situations. I'm worried about me driving me crazy. Oh yeah, alone. like so alone with your own thoughts. Alone with me. <laughs> it's a lot. I gotta get out around other people to just you know mm-hmm. 
talk a little, mm-hmm. not to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to be the kind of person that could live out there. That would be nice. Give it 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. And you'll be ready. That's not that far. <laughs> 10 years goes by pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> oh. Are you going to be here in 10 years, do you think? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like if I am, a lot of other things would have had to change. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, and I think this is why I'm not a big, like, in five years I want to be doing this, in ten years I want to mm-hmm. be doing this, yeah. is because I can't, because there has to be, like, some sort of change, and I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. And if I, like, try to determine what it is, I'll be upset with what happens in between. Mm-hmm. Especially when you are telling yourself where you want to be if that doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I don't want to have a backup plan. I want to just, like, continue to work at what I'm working at yeah, and let it... Yeah, keep doing Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, like, live freely. Yeah. Cheesy. <laughs> My goal is so unattainable that I think that's why I keep it, which is to be, like, so famous. Right. And I don't think that happens to a lot of us. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. If I could go... If I could... You know, like, if I can tour and, like, keep writing records, that's fine with me. That makes me really fulfilled. Yeah. Fame and fortune is, like, the hilarious, like... The extreme. Inevitable. Mm -hmm. Or not inevitable. Like, (laughs) not going to (laughs) happen. It's actually inevitable. Like, it's bound to happen. Just, like... Manifest it. Manifest. Yeah, that is me manifesting my goals right there. Manifest it. No, it's so, it's such a rare thing for any musicians, like even ones that I consider to be extremely successful are not making money at it. Like Mm -hmm. you have this, you have this, um, Spotify streaming hub that makes it impossible for you to get any money from your music. Mm -hmm. So like fame and fortune, whatever it's, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's more just like a necessity. Like I think for most musicians, for most working gigging musicians right now, it's a necessity to keep creating. It's a necessity to keep touring Mm -hmm. because we're not making money off of, like the gig down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not making money off of any streaming, any royalties, like unless you're a, unless you're a rock star, unless you're a fucking rock star, which is where my dream is. Right. It's like why it's my dream is because that's the only way I'll ever make money as a musician (laughs) is if I'm like Taylor Swift famous. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing pretty well, I think. She's doing great. She's doing fine. Yeah. She's turning 30. She's turning 30. She's releasing her new album. She's releasing a new album. There have been hints. There have been hints everywhere. (laughs) She's been dropping hints. Hmm. (laughs) I'll give it to her, though. She does well. 
She can throw a song down, man. <laughs> song she can down. throw a fucking hit down, like, in the shower. Every she write her own music? Like, yeah, that's, like, her, like, one thing that she people are, like, actually, like, she's a very talented songwriter. Oh, okay. She definitely knows how to transform herself <laughs> as a songwriter. I mean that as a compliment, almost, yeah. in terms of being able... Almost. <laughs> she, like, she goes from being this adorable little country queen to oh, yeah. throwing out, like pop hits mm-hmm. that are so different than that yeah. so she really she really reads uh what what the people do they want it what her the trends wants the trends her That's like it. maybe her like manager or someone on her team is like this is where we think yeah. you're gonna make the best the best hit the yeah. best money it needs to be right here because yeah. these are the trends and right this, is... this kind of music and then she writes and it and she writes it so it's like an ability to read what what is needed for her listeners. I don't give a shit Mm. about that Mm. myself in my own writing. I write what I want to, what I want to write because no one's listening anyway. I mean, like, (laughs) like no one's listening to this scale that people are listening to Taylor Swift. You You don't know that. Maybe they will. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I, I also feel like, why should it? Like, I don't need to please anybody but myself mm-hmm. when I'm writing. I wonder if there's like a point where you stop writing for yourself and you become start to become like dissatisfied with your art. I feel like that's when your record label is telling you you have to like when you get when you get onto a record label and you have to put out an album every like every blank years. I feel like that's when it gets really difficult for artists to stay committed to their own vision is when someone's telling you, you have to have music out at this time. Right. And then it becomes a matter of, okay, well, I have to churn these songs out. Mm-hmm. Not, not are these songs really like affecting me? Right. Are they coming from what I want to say? I consider myself to be like a bit of a slow writer like a slow songwriter, I like to take my songs and let them develop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to take my time with them. I think for me that works. Mm-hmm. But then there's also artists that I really admire who can put out a record every year. And the, like they're amazing. Mm. Um, one of my biggest influences is a current, a current songwriter named Daniel Romano. And he is a little bit like a chameleon. He, um, he kind of has a bunch of different styles. He can do like old school country. He, he's like punk as fuck sometimes. <laughs> and he puts out records like once a year and all of them are so good. Right. Like I haven't heard one that I haven't been like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> damn. So, I mean... He's just incredibly prolific. <coughs> is he a solo artist or is he with a band? He's, he has his own moniker. Like, he is Daniel Romano. He plays a lot with a band. Sometimes he does solo gigs. Right. Um, I wonder if that helps, like, him turn out music. Because he's, like, it's, I'm going to say, like, less collaborative. So yes. it's, like, less of pulling everybody in together to work. Oh, and totally. he's just, like, I'm writing music and that's all I'm doing. I think that has 
been probably why he has been so prolific. He used to have a band called Attack in Black, and they still do stuff every now and mm-hmm. then. And that's for sure his like band project. I don't know how. I'm not even going to pretend I know how they go about their songwriting process right. or anything. But yeah, I'm sure when it's your name, mm-hmm. like my name as well, I'm in charge. Yeah. Like I think that some bands can do it and be collaborative mm-hmm. and work together and that's awesome. I like I love when I play with my band for them to be able to put in their own like I like my I don't want to be like hey, could you actually play this line on the right. bass or mm-hmm. can you drum this exact drum fill? Right. Right. I love for them to have their own unique like approach to a song that I bring them. Yeah. Um, but in the end, being able to say that it's my song and my vision mm-hmm. is really helpful if it's not, if it's not what I hear, like if I bring a song to the boys mm-hmm. in my band and I'm like, fellas, here's this thing. Um, this is kind of the vibe I'm imagining. Mm. If one of them starts doing something wildly out of what I am hearing, I'll be like, okay, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's try this other way. Because there's like a a ladder or Mm -hmm. a hierarchy. You have the say to like make those decisions right away rather than walking around people's feelings or eggshells for sure i think that that's probably one of the most difficult things about being in a band which i've been in in the past and you just have to be it's just you have to walk on eggshells yes Mm -hmm. totally you you get opinions on what should happen which is fine a lot of bands can can really moderate that Mm -hmm. and talk about it and that's great um but I think a lot of bands have a lot of problems with communication and especially people, I mean, people, people. Mm-hmm. people have a lot of problems. People with have people. a lot of, yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, yes. people have a lot of problems with communication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but especially when it's about, um, like something that you've created Yeah. when it's a, it's kind of like a baby. It's like, how yeah. do we raise this fucking baby and make it into a full grown adult like song, song. <laughs> um, that sounds good and is what all of us want. Yeah. And then you have someone that's like, oh, well, we should do this. And someone else is like, no, that's a terrible idea. And it really feels a little like parenting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, and then there's the, there always has to be the, the mediator. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, what if we try both ways? Mm-hmm. Or like, what if we do a little bit of both? Yeah. Props to you if you, if you're, I mean, props to you if you can be in a band. And <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that it's... Yeah. I like being able to define what I want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works better for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think. Managing both is... Managing people is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think being a teacher helps. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back to that. <laughs> right. Back to... Drunks and children. Drunks and children. Managing your band is a little bit... Okay, no, my band is going to get so pissed that I said <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you. Interchangeable skills. Oh, so, man. Yeah. About communication, you know? 
<laughs> no, I mean, like managing a band is not like managing children. They are adults and they are better at communicating than children. But you have to, you have to know what you want. And yes. as a teacher, you have to know what you want. Mm-hmm. So your outcome, your goal for like your song or your class, whether you're a teacher or songwriter, same shit, mm-hmm. you have to know what you want to achieve. And in order to do that, the people that you're working with or the people that you're teaching need to understand that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you as the leader or the teacher need to be clear. I think I, I think I just like being bossy. (laughs) (laughs) You like being at the front and being (laughs) bossy. I like being at the front. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're totally right though. Like you have to explain your vision to people. Yeah. And art is subjective, so people aren't always going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes also, like, what you imagine is also hard to articulate. Yeah. Sometimes you, like, you can see it, you can, like, have a feeling, but you don't have the vocabulary to exactly. give it to someone. And so, like, going along that process can also be extremely difficult. Or, like, knowing what it's to, along the same line, it's so easy to know what you don't want. Yes. It's so easy to be like, that is not what I want. You're not even close. I hate that. <laughs> not that I, I never, <laughs> so you talk to your band. No, <laughs> like, not even at all. <laughs> My band is amazing. They, I actually feel like I've never really had to say that to them. They are really good at understanding. I mean, I think we all have the same kind of influences. We yeah. have the same taste um, and they know what I'm going for mm-hmm. as an overall kind of feeling. Right. So I've never had to be like, <laughs> you're not getting it. <laughs> um, they really, they really take what I give them and they just know what to do. But, uh, not everyone does. Right. right. You know? Yeah. So there's that. Uh, is being an artist fucking killing you? Yeah, I got these nodes. <laughs> these self-diagnosed these WebMD self- nodes yeah, or yeah. cancer. Or cancer. <laughs> these nodes. You know, I was talking about this on the way here. It feels a little bit, when you're an artist, like an unpaid internship. Right. Where, like, in order to get an internship, they want you to have already had one. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Being a musician and like having a team, assembling a team, a manager, a booking agent, a record label, in order to do that, they expect you to already have those things Mm -hmm. kind of, or like getting a grant to write your music that you can't afford to record because you don't have a grant, but they don't want to give you a grant if you haven't got something to show them. So yeah, it's fucking killing me. <laughs> like, I can't afford to put out songs. I can't sing songs yet right now. No, yeah. It'll, it's, it's a struggle, but I mean, like I can't stop. Right. It's uh, an addiction. <laughs> For sure. That's great. That's amazing. Um, do you have anything you want to plug your new? Yes. Go for it. I have an EP coming out mm-hmm. on April 25th. Um, what is it called? It's called Sharp Tea. It's literally about this? not letting anyone fuck you over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's about getting past the shitty bits. Mm-hmm. 
our release show is on the 25th at the Rivoli. We've got Fox Atticus opening up the night and our buddies in this awesome band called Hutch are going to bring it home. And uh, yeah, it's on, it's on all streaming sites. Awesome. <laughs> I won't get paid, but you should listen. <laughs> I know. Like, pay, pay Spotify. Right. Listen to it. Yeah. Um, Spotify. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Eleanor. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thank Yay. you so much. Um, if you want to go listen to those tracks, go follow... Me. Yeah. Yes. yes. Lenny but, Bull. But what is your like social handles? Oh my uh I'm at Lenny Bull Music. Yeah. Um type it in. I'm on there. <laughs> Great. On Instagram. Instagram, Facebook, Great. website, YouTube. I've got YouTube videos. So. Oh yeah. So fun. I love that. Yeah. Um so yes, go fi- go follow that. <laughs> go follow our social media handles. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, go to our Patreon page, download us on Spotify and iTunes, um, throw us a review, throw us a couple stars, let us know how you feel. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you.